0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yeah, I'm getting ready actually to do this baseball draft uh, with uh, Jeff. I don't think you're doing it, but I signed up for this midseason season draft and it's the first one, so there's no ADP. So it's going to be kind of crazy, but that's, that's what I'm getting prepared for now. What about you, ma'am?
1: Yeah, no, I, I am in it. I mean, I'm not doing it uh, because it's super late at night, but Jeff and me are co-owning this team and we're picking 10th. I think you're picking fifth. Is that correct?
0: Yep, Picking fifth. Yep.
1: Who are you going to take Bauer? Yeah,
0: probably. If Yeah. 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 If, yeah, I will go. I'm going to stick with my strategy for sure. And assuming uh, DeGrom and Cole are gone and then what, maybe Acuna or Tatis. And yeah, I mean, Bauer sounds about right, right there, but he could be gone too by then.
1: Now, if you're five, it's just going to be Cole, DeGrom, Tatis, and Acuna, the first four. I, I can't see, to me, that's like such an obvious first four. I can't even see in any of the drafts, anybody else besides those guys going.
0: Well, I don't appreciate you promoting uh, Phil DeSau's, uh Twitter thread, talking about uh, the, the pitching heavy strategy, which is so clearly the way to go. Oh, because it's your strategy too. And no, I mean, just, no, no, it's just smart. And I'd like rather fewer people oh. in- implement it. I mean, yeah, no, it's not, I'm not saying it's mine. I just think it's right. the right one. And I'd rather, I hope people, if people don't, you know, see played the first six weeks and that they don't dramatically alter their strategy tonight. That would be funny to me, but I, I would expect it to be more like that.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think there'll be a lot of people going pitcher heavy. And Jeff and I were talking. I don't know if you listen to the show, but Jeff and I were yeah, talking I about it. I, I kind of think going the other way, but I made the case and it's unassailable that you know that the the pitching. You know, we do like 65, 35 for the dollar values, and and that's like an, a relic of like old AL labor and tout from a long time ago, and that's the way the market does. They spend one hundred eighty of the $260 budget on hitting and 80 on pitching on average. And it's like 70, 30 or 65, 35 in the NFBC. And the NFBC starts pushing up, pushing up starters a lot more. And it's more like 62, 38, but it's still hitting heavy. And the reason for that was because even though pitchers, each starting pitchers have a, a bigger effect on the standings than a hitter, because there's only nine of them, really only six or seven starting pitchers, the hitters were more reliable. So obviously you want to put most of your money, on the thing that's predictable and less of your money on the thing that, even if it has a bigger impact is less predictable, but it seems like so far this year, it's the pitchers have been completely predictable and the hitters that have been unpredictable. And so not only did you get more bang for your buck, but the whole reason to go 65 35 has been almost reversed. And even if you go 50 50, the top 14 players this year pitchers and probably I heard that. Year.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, interesting to hear it that way. Um, yeah. Strikeout stabilize the quickest. I think is one other way, of looking at the early season stats. Um, but, um, yeah, it should be interesting, but I do assume most more people will, it'll definitely be because NFPC is already pretty pitching heavy. And this year has been so dramatically different. I think it's going to be crazy. It should be wild West, man. It, it should be interesting because I, I, you know, I'd like to map out a little better too. like looking at ADP. I know what you're saying and I think it we'll be fun without it, but I actually do look at ADP and I like have mapped it out and that, that really helped me this year in my draft. So not having that ability is definitely going to be interesting.
1: Yeah. You mapped it out only because you know, other people are looking at it. If other people weren't looking at it, mapping out ADP would be worthless. You'd be like, sure. sure. You'd be like, Oh, this is a fifth round guy, but nobody knows this fifth round guy. So they'll take him in the third. Totally. And you won't get him. Yeah. It's only because other people also agree. It's a concept that this guy, Ben Hunt, who I on and off follow on Twitter, he said is it's sort of the common knowledge what everybody knows that everybody knows, not what everybody knows. It's what they know that everybody knows so that, you know that everybody else is looking at ADP. Therefore you can look at ADP. And because you're looking at ADP, they know you're looking at it so they can look at it. But the second that, you know, one of the parties just stops looking at it, then it has really no value. It's just a val- the only value is sort of like a wisdom of crowds to have like a, you know, Oh, this is what's true, but it's groupthink anyway. Cause the ADP is based on prior ADP, which is based on projections and just a couple people setting it. So, I really think the value of the ADP is is what you said is being able to plan out your draft, knowing that other people are also doing the same. Yeah. So
0: without, without that ability, it's going to be interesting. And, um, Obviously, I don't know, I don't love that there's like going to be more games and more information. as one of these drafts go through Sunday? I guess. I mean, whatever. I guess maybe I have an advantage differently by being earlier, but I don't know. Definitely different. Never done one of these, and uh, yeah, I wish you were doing the draft for sure. But I think Rob Silver has the first pick. I saw when Silver and you guys were in, I'm like, I just can't help myself. You guys are just—it's awful. Like you're just—you uh, know—you know—producing crap to an attic. There when I saw the, those tweets, and like, all right, I'm in.
1: And then I heard, yeah, yeah. So anyway, it should be fun. Yeah, no doubt. Interested to see what Jeff does. I was trying to steer him toward extreme, whether it's pitching or hitting, because I do think the hitters are going to stabilize over time. And the better hitters that we know are better, some will emerge like they do every year, just like pitchers do. Um, but that the guys we know are good, like Glaber Torres, I hope, because I have him everywhere and he's been kind of slow, but he's heating up. And all these guys that are sort of disappointing but have a track record will get into a groove. And that maybe some of the pitching besides the elite guys that are good, you know, will fall off. And so that you, you could go really heavy hitting, but, but I think he's, I don't know what
0: I'm doing. putting myself at, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dominating you guys now. I don't know what I'm doing. I put myself at risk yeah. again, you know, with another opportunity for you guys to beat me. It's kind of yeah. dumb. Yeah. yeah. Dumb. But yeah, I, you know what? I think the main reason I'm doing it is just so I have some fab to spend. I spent all my fab in all my other leagues, except the, uh, except one, uh, one but right that, actually, I, that like I'm in with you. Yeah, I know. But I, uh, uh, Horner went down, and um, Horner uh, oh, went right down. Right.
1: Oh my God, you lost Nico Horner. No, uh,
0: it's because uh, no. Compete? The reason, no, no, no. The reason I'm saying that is because yeah, even though I gave you so much shit about Crawford, I have Crawford in like five of my other six big money leagues in that. But I went with Horner over Crawford in that decision. Uh, so that's frustrating me there. And I want to give you pr- credit before you even get to that Rosario thing. Is yes, I do fully agree with you that just the mere fact of becoming outfield eligible is huge because in all across the uh, leagues, outfield me, is a wasteland. Outfield is so much harder. Yeah. Uh, the, the middle infield. Yeah. So that actually definitely has it. But Crawford is having three RBI days left and right. Yeah. about Six RBI days. Even sometimes but, uh, the day you, the day you go call me out on Twitter, he had six RBI days
1: Yeah. Well, okay. Well, that is what it is, but Crawford could steal 10 bases, but Rosario could steal 25. That's also okay. a difference. And totally. he's 25 and Crawford's like 34. But yeah, so far Crawford's been better, but it's just been the week and he's gotten a couple steals since I picked him up and I can use him in outfield. I don't even need him in middle. In fact, I had Gavin Lux, I think on my bench and that league, you're eighth overall, which is pretty nice, but I'm in second place now. So look oh, out. Nice. This, nice. this team is good. This is actually a good team. Cause I thought I was screwed in this league. Cause I had Tatis and now of oh, course boy. having Tatis is, good. Is, and I've got Scherzer and Kershaw and Trevor Rogers and Alex Wood. I haven't managed this team very well. It should be even better. And I've got Otani as a hitter, and I've got Gleyber Torres has done nothing, and Matt Olson, and I've got Garrett Hampson who's stealing bases, and it's just your guy Josh Bell that's been killing me, he's hitting like 180, but he's starting to heat up a little. So, I think this team has uh, has some legs, man. I think this team. I don't know if it's gonna. You got such a big lead, but it's this team's good. Nice. Well done. I didn't know
0: you were in second, but, um, yeah, I, uh, it's, I'm only half joking about the, uh, the ability to spend fab because I have been aggressive in other leagues, but, um, yeah, Horner at least is on my bench in that one, but still the, the lack of Crawford is going to come back to haunt me and I deserve it for talking trash. If that's the league that is going to end up, you know, mattering most as far as overall, but, um, anyway, yeah, good times. Looking forward to this draft. You're going to be sleeping through it. Um, uh, what else your other teams uh, bumping up? I mean, that's good. Second place. Let's look at you or I know you're, you were struggling in your main event team still. I think I heard
1: my main event. Photo. I refuse to look at the standings because I had a bat. I was already in 15th, but I was kind of creeping up and then, you know, I put in Stanton over Miguel Cabrera this week. Cause it looked like Stan might play. I picked up Cabrera and then Stanton's not playing till Friday now. So I wasted four games. Cabrera hasn't done anything for two games, but I'm hoping he does nothing just to not torture me. And then I picked up Hunter Dozier to be my outfielder, but he's still not playing yet. I got to look at tonight's game, whether they activated him, but maybe not. And then I, I like everything I tried to do. And then of course, Trent Grisham after fab runs is going on the DL. I find yeah. So I'm yeah. down like three or four players. I guess that's like a lot of people are, but you know, uh, I need offense badly. Let's see if Dozier's uh, in this. Nope. Dozier's not activated yet. No, it's still not activated. So he's in my lineup. Uh, and I just need offense so badly because, you know, Soto was out and he hasn't done that much. Glaber has been hitting okay, but he's got three home runs. So all these guys that I have, Gavin Lux is starting to hit, but you know, still got a lot of catching up to do it just haven't done well. And so I, I feel like I have the players, but every time someone comes back, I get Glaber Torres back after COVID. Okay. But Stanton's out. Okay. Stanton's still out. He's not back till Friday. Oh, I lose Trent Christian for another DL Stin. I lose Victor Robles who was heating up and stealing bases for a DL stint. And like every time I try to get one guy back, three guys go out and I just can't get this team together to play for an extended period of time.
0: The Monday injuries are just so frustrating. thanks to Alejandro Kirk, I have Dalton Varsho um, in two main events. And uh, Carson Kelly came off unexpectedly on Monday and sent down Varsho in two, you know, two catcher, 15-team leagues. I know it's thin still, but, man, that, you know, he became a zero all week from the catcher spot. So um, if he had just been said, you know, Sunday I could have thrown, you know, a, a, a replacement catcher. So those Monday ones are rough. I hear you. A um, lot of injuries happening across the league. I guess DeGrom was throwing – Looking good though, you know, coming back last night. That I'm glad that the Grom start happened before picking fifth. That was an interesting one. You know, what do you do with him? Right like now that we see him throwing so fast. You no, know, you're not one. glad
1: You're not glad. Yeah. You would have got him. Oh, maybe fifth. I'm not. You're right. Yeah, right. Maybe I'm not glad. You're you're right. got him yeah. fifth. So the one league I'm doing well in is Towers. I'm in first place by a wide margin. And I did and you know, there's unlimited DL in tout. So I picked up Eloy Jimenez last week and I picked up Luis Robert this week. And you gotta leave them in your lineup for a week. But it's a AL only, you know, like I have I, I benched Sutsugo, you know, like big deal just to have those guys on the infinitely stashable DL. And I've got Chris sale and Severino on my DL too. Cause I, I drafted those guys. So I've got Eloy, Luis, Robert, Severino and sale. Now maybe two of the four come back, but you know how everyone's like saving their fab for the trade deadline. I'm, gonna yeah, I'm least, going to have at least two huge acquisitions down the stretch.
0: Yeah, those onlys never have anyone available. Anyway, I was listening to both sides of the argument as far as should ILs be added in if uh, BC and, and I, I kind of came to the side. I agree with uh, you that there shouldn't be. And it, uh, I mean, it can be frustrating when what team is overloaded, but the ability to add someone on the waiver wire is just a different skill that is, or, and, and, you know, the ability to cut someone that you may regret. I mean, I, right. yeah, I, I, I think that probably is the better game than if they suddenly allowed unlimited IL spots.
1: Yeah. You don't want to reward the really tight wad dude. Who's like, I drafted this guy. I'll never cut him. You don't want to reward too much conservatism. I like when it's when somebody who takes a chance is rewarded. So I agree with that. I don't, I think the game is good. I don't think there's anything to fix about that game. Yeah, no. Yeah. I always, I could have seen the other side, but then after hearing both,
0: I definitely came around on that one. Makes sense. Um, although I do have some teams that there's a lot of red briefcases on and it's very, very frustrating, but, um, it,
1: it is, it is tough, man. You know, I was, we had Stefani Bell on and she's not really sure why either. There's a, the pace that we're on this year is the highest ever than, at least since we've been tracking it of guys missing time to injury. I think somebody had a post yeah, saw that. I as in the first, you know, I guess 300 picks, maybe it was Ron Chandler or somebody. Okay. So we're on this record pace and the answer, you know, the question is why? And and Stefani was saying, well, it's, it's a weird year because, There was a short season last year, and then these guys are coming back. And it could be that. I mean, I don't know exactly how that would make it that. You could argue that it cuts the other way, and they got some rest. But I have a theory. I don't know if this is true. Actually, I'm not saying this is a theory that I think is true. I think it's a hypothesis more than a theory. That, you know, these guys are wearing masks all the time, and they're exhaling. You exhale carbon dioxide when you exhale, but the mask kind of traps it in, and you kind of re-ingest some of it. And I wonder if you get less oxygen to your body and maybe that does something to the muscles where they're tight. If the muscles don't have oxygen or the body doesn't have as much oxygen, you're more likely to strain a muscle if you have a a quick burst with less oxygen in the blood. I don't know if that's true, but it's yet another variable that didn't exist. And last summer, it was pretty, you know, for two months, it was just slightly behind the pace we are now because we're not quite two months. So this year and last summer are similar. There were a ton of injuries last summer. And I wonder if that's just, it's hard to play sports when you're sort of re ingesting your own carbon dioxide. Yeah, maybe I'm off, but I was under the impression not that many
0: people are still wearing masks these days, but maybe, maybe I'm off on that. Um, I, I thought but. I saw it in the dugouts, the guys are wearing masks in the dugouts. Right. Oh, okay, in the dugouts, but not okay. Yeah, I guess in between could have affected it. Yeah.
1: I mean, um, they're in there for like three hours and they're, you know, that's when they're building up. I, again, I don't even know this is true. I, this is a hypothesis. This is not a theory. This is a hypothesis, which is that this is something different. Never in the history of baseball we had guys, you know, re upping their carbon dioxide exhalation. Yeah, yeah. What does that do? You know, obviously it will kill you if you had a high enough dose of it, but what does it do at a just in an increased dose? To the oxygen levels in the body and what do low oxygen levels do to the muscles? I don't know. It's just Man. a hypo- it's just a hypothesis. You should yeah, I don't think you did throw that one at Stefania, did you? I didn't because <laughs> because, you know, it's Stefania. We give her crap and she she comes on the show anyway, and she's does a good job and she's very professional. And then to throw her into something that I don't give a shit about, like this mask bullshit is I've never given a shit about it. But like she's at ESPN and she can't just like you know what I mean? It would just, it would just put her into uh, a controversy that's not really yeah, yeah. typically related to her job. So I thought it would be unfair to yeah. spring that on her. I do have yeah. a, a line. I do mess with her, but I won't do anything that will make her like seriously have to Get into something with her employer. Now you, yeah, on the yeah. other hand, I don't care. yeah, if you're yeah, yeah. I don't No, care. I
0: know. That's why I brought it up because I, yeah, yeah, I heard the segment. I don't, I, I, I remember. I don't remember that you bringing that part up. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, what uh, what else you got? You know, baseball, sports. Um, I, uh, I won't bore you with my my warriors talk. But it was weird, like kind of a life event, like. Going to a sport. First of all, going to first sporting event in two years. Second of all, with ten percent capacity, it was like intimate and like really weird and kind of kind of cool. It's something that'll never, you know, theoretically happen again. But uh, Warriors lost, so thankfully for you, mercifully, you won't have to hear me talk about that again. So um, I don't think I want to talk about football either. So um, what what you got for me, list?
1: Yeah. You know what though? I don't want to talk baseball cause I don't give you give away our strategy for tonight, man. We got, I don't want to give you the uh, sleepers. Cause I know after the start that we've both had, you're going to start listening to my advice and taking the players that I like.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt. I heard you a little, I have listened to you XM all week. Um, I don't think I've taken too many notes, but, um, yeah I'm, uh, yeah, I'm so super curious. So it's good. We're kind of recording this podcast like backward. We should have done the draft right before. It would have been better, but at least we'll talk on XM tomorrow. But, but yeah, next week yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll, but, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: we'll see what happens. I mean, Jeff's going to totally destroy this. It's going to be terrible. But you know, then I'll have something to blame. I'll blame him all year. It's going to be great.
0: But guys uh, like anyway. Odolis, Garcia, I guess, are interesting to talk about. You know, like, I mean, he's this homering left and right, stealing bases, weird strikeout-to-walk ratio. Like, Where does he go in this draft? He's been the, no, uh, When I wrote last night, he was the number 11 player in, overall this year, number today, And he hit a homer today and he was undrafted in the main event.
1: Undrafted, not in one league. I'll, I'll go even further. Uh, so Garcia was undrafted in AL Towers. He's yeah. undrafted yeah. in AL Towers, the 12 team AL league. And I got him. So I'm like, wow, I must've, I must've bought a really good team, right? How, how am I in first place by a mile now? Oh, well, no, I didn't buy that good of a team. I drafted Carlos Rodon in the reserves of an AL only league. And I fabbed Garcia. So i have Carlos Rodon and Adoles Garcia, both of them in an AL only league. Well, of course I'm doing well. I mean, like I would have to have had a terrible, terrible draft, not to be in first place right now. Do you really getting those two guys added to your AL only team? What a difference that makes
0: Rodon's going to go even higher than Garcia. I bet in this draft, even, I mean, he's been that good. I mean, today too. I mean, he's
1: just a monster. Yeah, he's been good. I wouldn't take him that high mean, I would take him in like the 8th and he'll probably go ahead of that. Yeah, uh, he will be, be, because ahead. I just feel like so much of the skill of being a, uh, an ace pitcher isn't just being an ace. He's clearly an ace right now. I mean he's, his his performance isn't it? it's you know it's whatever almost 50 innings now, but it's also just like doing it for 6 months is like a skill also. And we just don't know with him. He's never done it. So I think that it's really impressive what he's done. But look, look at Corbin Burns, right? For like the first five or six starts, it was like, this guy's better than DeGrom. This guy's the best guy ever. Doesn't walk anybody. All he does is pitch shutouts and strikeouts. And then he got hit the other day. And now you'll be like, well, he's good, but he got hit. Like Corbin Burns from that outing the last time out is probably going to go from like 14th overall to like 23rd overall. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff. And it affects everything.
0: We're, Rodone is a former top prospect, number three overall pick. So like, I kind of believe in him, but I will, I do hear what you're saying in the sense of people would call it the gambler's fallacy. But I, I mean, if you're drafting Rodone, you don't get these stats banked in and he has a 1.29 ERA and a 0.72 whip. That's almost like too good. Like regression is so guaranteed. Like I'd be scared. He's been so good. If that makes any sense. Like I, again, you're going to point to gamblers fallacy, but I still think it, it makes sense when it comes to baseball players.
1: I agree with you. And I've made this point uh, with Jeff on the show that you, you've said it before that you're almost like a guy coming off a bad year than coming off a great year. And, and I think the thing is that people have memories. It's not like a coin or a If a coin has four heads in a row, it's not more likely to get tails the next time, right? That's the gambler's fallacy. Oh, it's going to make up for it. And, it. and it is a fallacy. But you're talking about human beings human beings that are, that have talent, that have demonstrated talent. And I don't, this is why Rodon makes me a little more nervous though. But in general, human beings who have demonstrated talent and then they fall below that, if they're not injured or not compromised in some way, they're going to do whatever they can to figure out what the mechanical flaw is, figure out, you know, what, whether they're tipping pitches, whatever the problem is, they're going to look to fix it. So there's like actually a, an adjustment being made. Whereas when you're going well, you don't do anything. You don't, you're not going to try to change it. And then, of course, just entropy kicks in where a bad habit crops up, you sort of pitch decently through that, then another sort of, and then all of a sudden you're in a funk and then you have to figure out how did I go wrong? I got to fix and get back to when I was pitching well. And this is a normal thing. It's it's like nature. You know, there's adjustments. If you're rich, you have rich kids. Your rich kids are lazy and spoiled. If you're poor, you have, and your kids, they're hungrier. They work harder. They outwork the rich kids. Okay, then they become rich. And the rich kids, you know, there's like a natural ebb and flow in in, uh, in nature. And so I think people are part of nature. This is something that I think does happen. And it's they're not coins or, or playing cards where the gambler's fallacy is applicable.
0: Yeah, and even taking a step further in these small samples, there's even other things like maybe they've played an inordinate amount of games on the road, or their schedule, their soft part of the schedule was just happened to be in the beginning of the year too, and that'll even out, quote unquote, over the course of the
1: season. Stuff like that. Yeah, stuff that, you know. But you could look into that and see whether it's true. Yeah, Rodon. If you say okay, he's let's give him a conservative projection, his skill level. Let's say he's a three thirty ERA pitcher. Sure and a 115 whip pitcher. That's good, right? That's really good right. in AL with DH. And then you say, okay, well, with these numbers, he's going to have like a 270 ERA, 260, and, you know, a one whip or a 106 whip. Okay, he might. He, he actually might do that. But if you think, okay, well, he's, he's just coasting, and he's going to hit a funk when, you know, guys are laying off whatever his out pitch is, and they've got the book on him a little bit better, And then he's going to have to make a counter adjustment. And there may be four starts where his ERA is six or seven for four starts. And then he'll make a counter adjustment and maybe it'll go back to three. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I mean, I don't think it's like every single player, but I think in general, the gambler's fallacy is not a fallacy when it comes to, to nature or human beings.
0: Yeah, I I have Rodon
1: everywhere, so I won't be exactly targeting him
0: tonight. But, yeah, the goal tonight is go pitcher-heavy early and then just uh, grab the hitters that are uh, having poor first two months of the season, basically. I will probably load up on hitters that are struggling so far this year.
1: Yeah, that's Phil DeSalt was basically saying that, that the hitters take longer to stabilize, you'll still get good deals. And, yeah, Bellinger's back Saturday. It's interesting where he goes... Jordan Alvarez has a sore wrist Stanton's supposed to come back Friday. All these like sort of banged up hitters are going to be interesting. Trent Grisham, where he goes, he's been really good. Buxton. Buxton, Uh, Buxton's going to go late though, because he's, he's hurt indefinitely right now.
0: Yeah. His rehab assignment
1: was just delayed, but he was going to go on a rehab assignment. It's like, he was
0: so good. So good.
1: Yeah. Buxton is, uh, is tough. You got any more baseball?
0: No, no, like I said, we'll have definitely more after this draft. Um, but um, yeah, one, just Otani, Otani will be an interesting one. Otani will be where he goes. And uh, well, Vlad will be a first round pick. I don't know, yeah, a lot of Yeah, Vlad
1: will be a first rounder too. Um, yeah. Otani is actually interesting because the flexibility is so great, except it's not because he's such a good hitter. And I actually, that team that's in second should be like higher because. I had Otani as a pitcher a couple of weeks. That was he was just killing it as a hitter, and he's too good of a hitter to ever use as a pitcher.
0: Yeah, so, no, I have him in a main event. And I've never once once
1: removed him from utility okay, spots. So I should have done that. But I, there are a few weeks that I used him as a pitcher, not really realizing how good of a hitter he was. So because you're never really going to use him as a pitcher, it's a nice option to have, I guess, if you're in a pinch. But yeah. the last week of the season or something like you really need the pitching. But he's basically just a DH. And so that really hurts his value. He's DH only so he's competing with like JD Mart, well JD Martinez is an outfielder now. He's going to go in like the right. second third round. But like he's competing with like Jordan Alvarez straight up. And Jordan Alvarez is banged up. But if both are healthy, you know, that's that's a tall order to beat Jordan Alvarez out and Jordan Alvarez is like a fifth round pick. Yeah. Fran was killing it too, before he got hurt. But, oh yeah. uh, Otani
0: has been getting bags and he has been like a legit top 10 fantasy hitter, but yes, to ask him to repeat, that would be tough. And I, I think he might get drafted too high, but as I've been saying that, that park's been playing great for lefty power. And if he keeps running, I mean, what a baller. I mean, he's, he's fun to watch. Love him. Love that guy. Hope he wins MVP
1: too. Yeah. But he's going to get second to Vlad again. You're going to, have oh, I
0: know. Yeah. Yeah. What, um, um, what was your football?
1: Oh, uh, Jeff Wilson got hurt. So your boy, Trey Sermon, I got a, a note from Jerry Donabedian. and he said, dude, Trey Sermon's way too low. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, yeah, there's so many guys there. You know, Mostert is there ostensibly and Wilson, they like Wilson. He's actually not bad. And then Wilson got hurt at first. He said just, he's too low anyway. And he was right. And then Wilson got hurt. So I don't know if this is crazy, but I moved Sermon up to like the top 30. He's like 29. Is that crazy? No, he's twenty fourth on my running back okay. board, so that's okay. not. I mean, I
0: but that's a, I even, I, I'm not like super like a, whatever. I think it's the right area. I, maybe I'm too high too, but no, that's right. I think he and Mostert are kind of should be kind of similar tier area really. Where do you have him compared to Mostert?
1: I have him ahead of Mostert because I just don't think Mostert has the so same in being room. healthy. Yeah. So Sermon, I, you know, it's almost certain that Mostert will start ahead of Sermon. Yeah. I have Mostert at. Oh, he's at 32 and Sermon's at 29, and and so it's sort of like okay, so Mostert's the starter, but there's since there's no chance that he's going to be able to get 240 carries, and Sermon does have a chance.
0: And I'm dra- and I'm ranking sermon more of where I would draft him than I would where is he going to finish. Like if you were doing projections, like sermon's right. a guy that might be a big zero the first couple of weeks or whatever, you know. So like, but he's a guy like for his upside, I you know he's a, like I moved him to okay. top of that tier or whatever. Like so that, but yeah, you add him too low if you if you had to move him significantly up to get him to the 30s wow. area because yeah, they, like
1: 50 something
0: because they, because they, they traded up they traded up for him. They, they invest some capital. That he, you know it's a zone scheme and all this stuff. All the all the buzz is he could be a monster. So yeah, I mean. I, okay. I mean, most um, the most injury prone back in the league. I mean, I love the guy, but I mean, he's so, so he has like 288 career carries and there's really Wayne Gallman. What, what are your thoughts? You're a giants guy. So that's really the competition right now.
1: Yeah. No, Wayne Gallman's just a guy. He's nothing special at all. No. No. Maybe in that system though. I mean, he was dealing with a terrible giants offensive line, but I would take sermon for sure. Yeah.
0: Having to defend Trey Lance. Ayuk, Devo Kittle? Good luck. Trey Good Lamp. luck. Trey Lance will play hole.
1: in like, Here's what's gonna happen: Garoppolo is gonna have a good year. They'll be a 12 and four, and they're gonna lose in the uh, NFC title game. And Garoppolo Boom. won't be terrible. Boom. I don't know. I'll say Rams. Rams. Yeah, the Rams or the Giants. But it won't be Garoppolo's fault. He'll he'll do like a caretaker thing. But you know, the, the other team will just make one more play. And then next year, Garoppolo's gonna be a starter again. And then like halfway through next year. Garoppolo, they'll be like six and four or something, seven and five, and they'll uh switch over to Lance. And Lance will not quite be up to speed, and they'll be, you know, he'll be sort of rotted too long on the bench. And he'll play okay, he'll show some spark, but they'll lose in the first in the divisional round. And then the next year, they'll start with Lance. And they'll have a, and he'll finally have a good year. But then his rookie contract will be almost up, yeah. and they, and they'll lose in like the Super Bowl or the championship game, and then they have to pay him, and they'll have to get rid of all the rest of their good. And life. then
0: the rest of their guys won't be good by yeah, then. right. That's what yeah. I'm saying.
1: Or they'll have to get rid of all yeah. the, you know, the Nick Bostes won't be affordable when they have to pay up for Lance when they really realize what they have.
0: One thing I will say, uh, just. Uh, to get off that fairy tale of yours. Although I can't yeah. really complain about the 12 and four. It is weird. I have to do 15 and, I mean, uh, 13 and four, um, all right. Uh, but um, one thing I will say about football actually is an interesting topic is the is Julio Jones deal. A, I guess apparently Shannon Sharp caught him. You know, you'd heard about that, right? The phone call. He didn't know he was live on air on Fox when he's. he, I didn't about it, that it, he didn't was know. pretty funny. Yeah. See, yeah. that's been, uh, yeah, yeah, that's been vetted and he did not know. And they're like, it's actually a, a problem with Fox um, and uh, his management team and the Falcons are not happy. But um, also that sucks just for uh, general and football fans or fantasy like that. He's perfect. Stay on Atlanta a team there, you know, just go wild with with Ryan and all, all that and I don't want him going and like clogging up another team I mean that's that's annoying and having to deal with I, I I prefer him to stay on Atlanta
1: why I mean you haven't drafted yet I mean you well no player?
0: I have yeah I guess you're right, right. Yeah, I guess I guess you're right. he could he's even he's even linked to the Niners or like the second most favorite maybe I haven't so many IUK shares so far that, but uh, I wouldn't mind Julio going to the Niners but um I don't know it just seems like that would be, I'd like to see Ryan in a setup with with Ridley uh Julio and and pits and like no running back, unless you're into Mike Davis's thighs and no defense. I don't know. I thought that and indoors, I just liked that it's like that, like that setup for a year.
1: Yeah. I mean, Arthur, cool. Smith,
0: Arthur Smith calling the play action coming from Tennessee. Like, I don't know. I just really, I don't know. I wanted to see that for a year,
1: but he'll probably get hurt anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, it really? He's going to get a ton of targets and Pitts, We'll see how much he gets as a rookie, but you know, Julio, if he goes to the Patriots, it'll be pretty boring. That's not going to be a yeah, great exactly. landing spot. Nobody yeah. really cares. I don't think Atlanta's is that exciting. They're kind of a, they seem like a dead team to me. They had that run. And the, so they should have won the super bowl. And ever since they just never really been a serious team.
0: Pitts is already, was already going to be the highest rookie drafted ever tight end. But now if gets traded, it's going to be obscenely high. Crazy. I could see it though. I guess he's like a Calvin at tight end or whatever,
1: but um, he's definitely <laughs> going to be super high. You, you, you have any other football? Nope. Let's go on. Let's move on. So I don't know this thing. And maybe I'm being crazy. So Sasha has this one friend, it's her best friend and it's a nice kid, whatever. But she just gets exposed to a lot of YouTube and stuff like that. Or I don't know if a lot, but just enough, right? It's just, she's like more on that stuff. And we don't let Sasha watch, we play cards all the time and we listen to music and I put on like David Bowie or Neil Young on YouTube, but I don't let her surf anything. There's, we don't really expose her to much like cult American culture. I guess she watches TV and cartoons and some weird, does Chloe watch adventure time or any of those weird cartoons yet? No, I don't know. Not okay. Adventure Time. It's like it's like they're on LSD, basically. But it's kind of for the adults, and okay. it's not that, like, stupid voices from the girls and, like, the stupid... It's just, like, that stupid culture stuff, you know what I mean, that shows you how teenagers are, how they talk, right. the kind of things right. they say, the kind of conversations they would have. That kind of stuff is poison, because it's a poisonous way of being, and it's, like, acting like that's normal, like, that's what you want. So, she's never exposed to TV commercials or any of that stuff, or... And so her friend is, you know, it just is what it is. Most people are. And it's kind of like her friend, I feel like has like the mind virus from that stuff. And that virus is really contagious. And so Sasha's caught it. And so she starts like doing these dumb voices and like having this like sassy attitude, this kind of like teenager-y attitude, even though she's nine. And it's not like, you know, she's a good kid. She's not, you know, she's a pain in the ass, but she's, she's a good kid. And I just like hate seeing it. I just hate seeing that poison in her brain being reenacted. And it's like caught from her friend. And I have to control myself because sometimes I'm like, stop it. Stop being so phony. Like I just be yourself. Stop talking like that to me. You know, these like voices and these acts and stuff. And I guess part of it's just like kids trying on stuff, but I don't know, man, it really disturbs me. I just have to keep my mouth shut and do nothing really. But I just—it's like that shit is—it's just as toxic as like feeding your kids seed oils or feeding them, uh, you know, high fructose corn syrup all the time. Like this stuff is a toxin, and we've done a pretty good job—not perfect—of like keeping it out. But she's getting it now through like you know, I get—it's like a contagion. Yeah, it's, it's impossible and, to, and to the, stop fully. And the people that make those TikTok videos and YouTube videos, those companies algorithmically target kids. It's not just like oh, randomly you got hooked on this video. Thing or this, whatever this new meme is, or whatever. It's like those things are viral. Those things are calculatedly viral. Just like the food scientists put, you know, fructose corn syrup and a certain kind of crunch and other things to like addict you to like the high carb, sugary snacks. It's the same thing. It's like they have, you know, the Silicon Valley companies and the people making content. They know what sticks with with kids and, and the target audience that would be looking at that. So to me, it's not like some accidental thing like, oh, she's seeing some goofy nonsense. Who cares? It's just noise. This stuff is like trying to get their claws in them. And I don't know, man. I, maybe I'm just paranoid. But I, this shit really bothers me. And, you know, it's her friend. So we're not going to say anything to her friend. You know, it's like it's, it's just, it's just, it is what it is. But, man, I just feel like that shit is like a virus. And I see them when together they just start. It's just like a thing where it's like she becomes someone else kind of.
0: I know I love my kids uh, do too much screen time and um, also just it's tough also even if you're the best possible win in sight out of sight you know they're just out of your control my daughter left for a night uh, went away and she you know her personality is a little different uh, just you know like kind of, you know, not exactly the same, right? When she got back, I'm like, well, you know, right. how are you behaving differently? Right. You know what I mean? Just like just one, one night away. So, um, you know, what can you, you can't control them at all 24 seven. So, but I hear you. Yeah. And it can be frustrating I mean, to watch. I
1: don't want them. to, I don't want to control them. You know, I just want them to go to people's houses that are weird in their own way, but not mm-hmm, weird yeah. because they have this virus, you know, in the house. It's sort of like everyone talks about COVID. I'm not worried about her catching COVID, um, She probably had it when I had it anyway. But, you know, she's a kid. I'm not worried about it. It's just that I'm worried about her catching this other virus, this culture virus that makes people vapid and stupid. She's not going to be stupid, but just, like, care about stupid stuff. And then, you know, she's asked for all these, like, stupid things that Heather's like, no, you don't need that, like, play, the stupid plastic thing that every her friends had. She wanted one of those. I get it. It's normal. Kids want what their friends have. But just total, like, junk. Of course, she got sick of it in a week, which is fine. But just... I don't know. There, there's like a, a balance between, yeah, she's a kid and she's going to be in, into some dumb stuff. Fine. Don't worry about it, which is kind of how we were treated and it really was fine. But I think there's a different level of, you know, in like the fifties, if you grew up, like there probably wasn't a lot of like high fructose corn syrup and seed oil stuff to addict kids, right? It was probably like, yeah, there was some junk food, but you know, kids where they were much thinner back then, they were much more healthy because even though they got sucked into certain stuff. It was at least like they didn't have the technology back then to make this really terrible stuff. Now the food, we have huge obesity problems. Uh, we have huge, you know, health problems. And now they have this other kind of technology that they didn't used to have that hooks them in a way that we didn't even have when we grew up. And uh, it seems more pernicious. And I, again, I yeah, even- I hope I'm just being paranoid, but I don't think so. It's just, it it like alters their behavior it's 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 information it's just information like diseases viruses vaccines is information for your immune system and this is a different kind of information and just as a virus can affect your health through information you know information is it's not harmless basically
0: yeah and even mcdonald's used to cook their fries in tallow that was uh obviously tasted much better but um yeah yeah i don't know what you do to prevent it but um yeah. I hear, I hear what you're saying. and I share your concern and I would imagine it's only going to get more uh, infuriating and scary for you as a parent as they get older, as she gets older.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we told her no phone until she's 16, but everyone gets a phone at 12 or 13 and we're not going to, you know, we're going to try to hold off. It's easy to tell her that at nine, Wait till she's 12 and her friends have one. Um, yeah. And again, it, you know, it's the Marshall McLuhan, the medium is the message. It's not what they're doing. Oh, you know. Okay. So the one thing is the 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 message, the information is dangerous. It's like a virus. But the second the second part of it is the medium is the message. No matter even if you're like benignly texting with your friends all the time, you're you're used to looking at a screen to have human contact. You're, You're getting your endorphins and your dopamine through a screen. That's just the medium is the message. The the message is this screen, this plastic and metal thing, glass thing is the source of your dopamine rather than going for a walk, playing on the street. You know, when I was a kid, we threw a football, we played, you know, two on two touch football on the street and people walking by hated us. It was like so annoying for them. I'm sure. But we'd like go out for a deep pass in the middle of like a New York city street and catch a ball and crash into some dude in a suit who was super pissed. But like, we just did stuff. We played on the street. You know, we we're in New York. I'm sure people are from like, you know, where you are, like played in the, you know, more like at least on somebody's field or grass field or a dirt road or something. But we played in the street, so I wanted to do stuff like that, not this. You know, the medium's the message. Not think that this screen. You know, we're already as adults addicted, but at least we have like our our deeply formed habits are not that.
0: I hear you. I had a local sand lot when I was a kid. Um, yeah, that is becoming seemingly less and less, and the screens are part of. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm really enjoying my, my daughter playing uh, indoor soccer right now, you know, with, with the pandemic behind us and, and I've been loving that man. So yeah, I, I yes, uh, more, more human interaction, more, uh, I, I lucked out as far as her not never having to really homeschool during this. Like, I mean, for the, whatever, there was that six week period, but, um, a lot of people, you know, had to do that for the past year. And I don't, I don't think that was great for development of, of kids.
1: Yeah. Sasha's been lucky. There was some homeschooling, but there was a couple of weeks where it was pretty bad. Um, but we went to the beach and she, you know, she saw a couple of friends during most of it. And
0: by the way, homeschooling's fine. I
1: I, I think I just meant the other one was tough,
0: you know, like the teacher teaching from, from remotely. Yeah that, homeschooling man, that, at school. Yeah, yeah. that was
1: tough. Yeah. Yeah. We had that for a while. And then she was on screens a lot because of that, but that, yeah, yeah that was kind of dumb. So there's that. so that was just one thing I was thinking of. It's just kind of been, yeah, an issue in the house. What
0: sports other than karate? for Sasha?
1: No, she does, she does boxing
0: and bo- bo- sorry, well, boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing. Sorry. Okay.
1: And so she does. I, I want her to do karate or do MMA. I want her to be able to seriously defend herself because, you know, as a, as a girl, she's going to, at some point encounter a guy who is not a gentleman. And yeah. I want her to knock the dude out. You know, I mean, it's great if there's someone around to ask for help or, you know, but best thing is, you know, to be able to, you know, choke him out or punch him in the throat or knock him out, you know, I mean that's the best way to I handle out. So I'm, I, I love that she can box and I have a video. I'll, I'll send you the latest video. I don't, I don't post it on Twitter, even though it could give me a lot of, you know, people would love that kind of thing, but, but she's pretty good now. And it's funny. There's one video that I would never post on Twitter because too many people would uh, retweet it is her getting, throwing a haymaker and catching me in the face. Give me a good pop oh. in the face when I wasn't. Uh, oh, send me that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just don't ever release it because too many people okay. would uh, yeah. like, like, just take the little isolated clip of my face going back and me putting my hand up. But uh, so yeah, but she's uh, she's pretty good. She skateboards, so she's been doing skateboarding, surfing. We went, you know, we talked about it last week. But she does so much stuff. I mean, it's like too much, but she wants to do it. Like she's not like we're not pushing her to do it. Just chess, just does cooking, just does art. She did drums. I had a jam session with her. I was, I was playing the song painted black on the acoustic. She wanted to play it and sing it with me and she had taken drum lessons, but she never practices cause she just has like this little drum, uh, you know, those little like one of those, those drum pads and it's mm-hmm. not really that fun to practice on one drum pad. Uh, but I guess she'd been taking lessons for, you know, a year and she hadn't played much lately. And I started jamming this on the guitar and we're singing it. And all of a sudden she started playing it on the drum pad and some books and some things on my desk. And she was like ripping on the drums and it was like a good jam. Like I couldn't believe it. I was like jamming with my nine-year-old daughter uh, drums and guitar and singing painted black, which is like a good drum song too. You know, so, of yeah. uh, it, was, it was pretty good. Uh, anyway, so she does a lot of stuff and there's probably stuff I'm leaving out that she's in. She does a ton of stuff, but the boxing, she has like a trainer now. So she goes oh, to wow. the real trainer. Yeah, I was training <laughs> oh, okay, her. She's okay. like, you're not good yeah. enough. I need, a, I need a real trainer. So, uh, that's, that's awesome. um, but then that's awesome. yeah, then I wanted to do it, MMA. It's been a while for the last video. So keep them coming. Yeah, I I'll see you yeah, It's like, I'll put my dog on Twitter, but like so many oh, like, of course, sick, of course. Sick people yeah. out there and shit. I don't want to put like, you know, I don't want anybody knowing what my kid looks no, like. No, I know. Or You're
0: shit. saving all that for Facebook. I got it. I got
1: it. <laughs> yeah. Facebook I deleted completely I know. years I, ago. I know. So I know. Best move I, know. I ever made. Thank God. I mean, it was before COVID. It was before we knew what COVID was. It was 2018. At the end, I deleted it. And like, I, can't, I can only imagine, like Twitter is so hard to deal with. I can only imagine seeing everybody you know posting about that shit. Thank God. Thank God, man. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's
0: an older, an older crowd on Facebook, which I admittedly still, uh, belong to. I'm an old man. Um, Uh, what, well, speaking of, of, of COVID, it's what, what's up with the, uh, the the lab leak now becoming uh, the story of uh, this? So funny of oh, us. So we were thinking we are like, going to get in trouble talking about that a year ago. And now it's just like, oh, there's uh, all the changes and edits. I don't know how much you've been following that, but the walking back of the WAPO fact checker and all of it is just, uh, it make you irate if you cared about such a thing. But uh, I guess if you can't, you just got to laugh, if not cry, I guess.
1: But kind of infuriating, man. It's infuriating. I mean, it it, I think it's okay to say if they had said, you know, we think this is unlikely for XYZ reasons. I understand why you would people think it. We're not sure, it could have been a lab leak, but we don't think so, and the scientists don't think so. So we don't think there's a good reason to conclude that it was. That would have been wrong, in my opinion, but that would have been, you know, sort of measured. And then when it looks much more likely that it's a lab leak, they could have said I mean i think it's a hundred percent but i'll get into the case which i say on twitter all the time but they could have said you know what eh, We we wrong before we, we thought it was this and the scientists that we relied on probably we shouldn't have relied on and we should have been more open minded and actually uh this looks like the most likely explanation now that would be fine right it's okay you change your explanation new facts came up you you, you were misled you trusted the wrong people But what actually happened was they didn't say it's not likely. They said this is a conspiracy theory, and it's settled that it is not. That's what they said. And then, and and demonized people who said it came from a lab. And then, now that it's it's incredibly likely that it came from a lab, they're just sort of, you know, Vox tried to, like, stealth delete, water down the stridency of their conclusion that that it was not possible it came from a lab remember that guy? I don't know if it was ESPN. There was some guy who had like these prospect grades for NFL draft picks and they were totally wrong. And then he went back. Do you remember this? And he changed his grades oh, they, and he yes, got busted.
0: I, I forgot about that, but I have heard Yes. I remember this story now.
1: Yeah. He, he got busted, right? People were like, dude, you, you said this guy was a total bust, and Now he's like, you know, Tom Brady or somebody like that. Yeah. And, and he went back and changed it and he got busted. I think he got fired, but, or at least in, in trouble And that's what this is. They're going back and they were like stealth editing the stuff they said about the lab leak hypothesis. And and this is even infuriating. So this woman, Alina Chan, she's been like on this. And she's actually one of the more important people in like changing the public sentiment, I think. She's like an MIT postdoc researcher. And she was always like questioning the science. And she was very measured and sober about it. But she's still saying things like, you know, now the lab leak hypothesis, you know, shouldn't have been dismissed. And I'm thinking the lab leak hypothesis, like as if this is a hypothesis Dude, the virus happened in the same place where the only lab in the world doing this research. It's like somebody said this, this is a great analogy. So let's say there was a zoo that was like breeding rare animals, right? They were breeding like tigers and lions, these ligers. Let's say they didn't exist anywhere except the zoo. And then all of a sudden in your neighborhood, a mile from the zoo, there was a liger like in your yard. Would you conclude that it was from, you know, wild lions and tigers breeding, or maybe it came from the only zoo in the world a mile away that was breeding that specific breed? I mean... Wait, wait,
0: wait. But isn't the Wall Street Journal also reporting that three people were hospitalized? Okay, this is before we even get to that. Yeah, Yeah. okay. This is before we even get (laughs) to that. This is before we even
1: get to that. So even before, when they were calling it conspiracy theory, it was by far the most obvious conclusion that the wildlife that Talk is in the really local cool. area came from the lab where it, they're breeding this type of wildlife that doesn't exist, that is a brand new type, that this is the only lab doing this research, and it's right here. What a coincidence. I mean, of all the places in the whole world where the virus would originate is right where the only lab in the world is doing this research. I mean, well, I said, And one that
0: just three years earlier, the U.S. Uh, did a, uh, re- looked at it and then sent cables saying, whoa, this is a P4 lab, and they're wearing P2 equipment. I mean, you okay, know, there, right. there was a big time warning.
1: They had safety issues and it's in the place. Imagine if the lab were in Kansas and the outbreak were in Wuhan. The first thing that they'd be doing is like, okay, who traveled from Kansas to Wuhan? Let's check all the itineraries through New York, through Toronto, through wherever to get to China. Or you might go the other way, through LA, whatever. They'd be checking every traveler that was from Kansas to Wuhan. Of course they would because the lab doing the gain of function research is the most likely culprit but how did it get from Kansas to Wuhan well this is you don't even need that step it was in Wuhan the lab and the virus it's so obvious now is it possible that it was a uh, of natural origin could there be some incredibly good explanation that oh, that defeated the overwhelming presumption that it came from the lab of course if the scientists came up with an incredibly compelling detailed chain of causation that showed that it came from natural origin okay fine it seemed like it would be the lab a lot of things you think are obvious might not be actually true but it's been 18 months and there's been no such account of how it worked they said it was from frozen food they said it was from pangolins none of it was like none of it like actually was believed an
0: (laughs) an outdoor market even though the virus doesn't spread outdoors which i'm told by people that know a lot more about this than me that that is makes it highly unlikely
1: Exactly. So there was no good account. So the overwhelming presumption was it had to come from the lab, just like if a zoo, there was an animal that was only in that zoo, and it's suddenly a mile away, you're going to think it broke out of the zoo. Even before you check, even if the zoo denies, even if this, and, and then the zoo is saying, oh no, we don't give any information about that. We don't have any, we won't talk about this. We don't know. It's, it's, you know, just denies it and doesn't like show you the inventory of the animals. Okay. Which is what happened. But then, okay. So it was already basically obvious. But then, as you pointed out, what happened? Explain the next thing.
0: Yeah. So the Wall Street Journal just came out with a report that three people were from that lab, were hospitalized in, I forget the date, but it was November uh, before, 2019, um, yeah, no, 2019. That's what I thought, November, 2019. And um, so we're, we're very, very sick directly from that lab. I mean, so now it's just like almost like a smoking gun. I mean, like, what, I mean, this is, it's like, what? what they had pneumonia.
1: What? They had pneumonia. They had all the symptoms of COVID, severe COVID and they're from the lab and obviously if they were hospitalized they were sick outside the lab and that would explain i will say it's w- a little surprising that that hasn't come out by now i'm
0: surprised that it took that long to that i guess i guess it's just all a cover-up and should nothing should surprise me but really that we hadn't heard about that until now no. i mean i get that they've covered that you they've allowed no access when they get there they've done if you've read the sta- articles they're hilarious they like put up fake roadblocks of anyone who's, who's been, gone there to just do even like even just newsrooms or whatever and they've just gone to all lengths to, to prevent any any sort of access to there and it's been you know over a year now so we're We'll never know the truth, although I think Alana Chan said that we will eventually, but who knows?
1: The other thing is, natural origin, it's really like nobody's fault. There's nobody who's really, natural origin doesn't really have a political component. It just, it happened. There might be a political component saying, well, it has to do with like animals that shouldn't be eaten or whatever, but it's not as political. But the lab is like, who funded the lab? And there's some evidence that the NIH, the Fauci's division, funded that lab. They gave it $7 million. We talked about this a year ago, and it was reported in Newsweek. It's been widely reported. You know, there was a, Rand Paul was asking about him about it in Congress. If this thing leaked from a lab, then you have a whole bunch of really troubling questions, which is, who green-lighted that research of dangerous viruses? You know, it's killed half a million people. This this virus, you know, in the U S it's killed a few million, it's killed a few million worldwide and who greenlighted this research, right? Who was in charge of the lab? Who was overseeing this? Who said this was okay? Who are these scientists currently working on stuff like this? I mean, you're saying you're, you're working on it to prevent a pandemic, but if you call it a pandemic, you know, that's like so much worse than anything you would have solved. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of blame to go around if, you know, once they get to the bottom of like, why, you know, so if it's an accident, then it's like, well, who could, how could you do something that would have this chance of accident? It's like if somebody gets totally wasted and drives down the highway and kills a bunch of people, you know, it's not like, Oh, it was an accident. Well, it was an accident, but like, what the hell were you doing? You know, why? Of course there was, if, if this, if they already knew the uh, safety protocols relax, how could you be doing this? It's just so reckless. And then there's the darker question of, was it an accident? We have no evidence that it wasn't, but it still has to be you know, it has to be asked, it has to be probed. And and now you're in a really dark place where best case scenario, you had somebody green lighting dangerous, deadly virus research in, in a lax safety situation that was just more reckless than drunk driving, more reckless than anything you could think of, because there's five million people dead or whatever, two and a half, I don't know, two and a half million people dead. And then that's the that's the benign scenario. That's the best case scenario.
0: Yeah, I obviously hope they investigate uh, that. Although I'm not going to hold my breath for the for the answers. But I never even considered just forget the political side. Just the point is finding out where it came from, just to learn about the virus, so you can best you know help people not get sick. I mean, the fact of making it political when the whole point of just been learning about it is just infuriating, and now walking it back not only just saying like they can't even it's just very frustrating that, that they're that they're secretly editing and. And almost lecturing, in a way, it's just pandering. I don't know. It is infuriating, man.
1: I don't know if they can do it, because they already sequenced the genome. I mean, I think they know enough. I mean, I don't think knowing... Maybe if they... No, I
0: I know. I meant, like, we could have just learned about this sooner, I mean. Like, I'm I'm saying that's what's so ridiculous about all this. is like, why do we make this political? Why? Why Why could we have just... Because... I mean, it's just ridiculous. It's obviously a pretty important thing, so you might want to get to the bottom of it. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous.
1: But because horrible you made an accident you don't want people to know you're you're so totally blameworthy and trump intimated that you know this originated there and of course if trump said it's it got to be wrong so that was a reason to oppose it it must be him doing something for a bad reason but i I think you're right also like it's not just the secret edits it's the there's no mea culpa there's no god we screwed this up i can't believe we're literally calling people who are correct conspiracy theorists for the 10th time about the 10th thing, you know, it's happened. I mean, there's so many things that turned out to be totally fake. And, and we, we just, we didn't even let this air. We didn't even let people discuss this. We tried to destroy them and there's no accountability at all. And of course we know there's none. And that's what's so infuriating, but it's like there, it just moves on to the next cycle. Like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's possible. There's a virus. And they act like their whole way of reporting. It never happened. Yeah,
0: I know. I know. It's, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's super annoying. And um, yeah, I don't know. i definitely wanted yeah, I've been waiting to talk to you all week about that because that's, that's been the main thing all week and they're just kind of moving on. And um, I don't know, I guess it's better, better now than never, I guess. But the fact that the three people going in the hospital and all that is just, wow, it's just, and they're just kind of, uh, yeah, there's zero, no mea culpa, but I guess it shouldn't be Uh, naive of us to expect such
1: a thing, I guess. Well, it's not to expect, it's, I guess what's scary is, what really bothers me, and I actually made a post on this today, is that the people who believe the reporters who called it a conspiracy theory to say it was a lab leak, are they like up in arms saying, you know what, I'm just not reading the Washington Post anymore. I'm done with that paper. You know, I'm done with the New York Times. I'm done with these news outlets that are just lying and gaslighting and, completely political in their coverage and they just have no interest in the truth and they don't care once it's revealed, they don't even own up to what that they were wrong. That people aren't just like, no, people are actually like the next thing they report, they're going to be all over. And I'm not saying everybody, there's a lot of people who've left those behind, but the people who are still in are still in. And I wrote this tweet and this is kind of what it was sort of about, but curious to know how a person who was in a cult, Sometimes without intervention, sees the light and leaves. What triggers the necessary breakthrough? Is it different for each person or is there a common theme? Because I was reading a a Greenwald Substack post at one point, and there was one woman who replied and said, like she was all in on the uh, Russiagate thing and a whole bunch of other stuff, and she was trolling Greenwald hard for a long time. And she was describing how something happened, something she saw in Rachel Maddow one day, like she said something that didn't work, didn't make sense or something. And all of a sudden she was like out and she realized like how ridiculous the whole thing was. And I was like, well, wow, this person, like somebody needs to get a hold of her and like in micro detail, like understand this process. Because if you still believe these people, again, it's not just that they were wrong. It's that they were wrong as stridently as humanly possible. And then when it changed, they don't even acknowledge that that's how they were. I feel like everyone's got to peel out of this thing and just stop listening to this when you see something like this and what troubles me is that I don't really see it in mass.
0: To even bring it up though, the lab, you were a pariah, you were going to get canceled. I mean, you were, I mean, it's crazy in hindsight to think about it. I mean, you couldn't, I mean, we were scared to even talk about the lab leak on this podcast. I mean, it's, I don't know. It's I, yeah, you're right. If you, have, if you can't, if you're not paying attention, if you're, you're either paying attention, you, if you're paying attention and you still fall for it again, it's on you because yeah, it, this is glaringly
1: bad. It's with l- just about everything. And I don't know. I, I wanna have the secret message, because remember, information is you know, information is everything. Information is the is the key to health. It's the key. I don't just mean like knowing like how to eat healthy. I mean literally your your cells communicate with one another, and if they're communicating properly, you're healthy. If they're improper, then they're you're gonna get sick. But like I wanna have the secret key, the secret code, the the rhyme, the the poem, whatever you need to say to out in Twitter or on this podcast that will get into somebody's brain and just kill the virus and let them just be like, Oh, why did, why was I thinking that? Like, I want to know the magic trick to get people out of the cult. Like I, I, I want to know what it takes. Like what do I have to do to help people escape from this cult? And they have to do it for themselves obviously, but is there some special word I can say or some special phrase or something that I can use the information like a, you know, a benign virus, something that helps or like a, you know, probiotic bacteria that is good for your gut. Is there some word I can say that will, will, will help? Because I, I feel like we're dealing with like a cult that has a lot of this being manipulated. It has a lot of power and it's,
0: I forget you put out a poll too, didn't you? I did, I did put Talk, out a poll. talking about this basically. And I, I remember the, the percentage was high, but it obviously skewed based on people that you've vetted by now your followers. But what, what yeah, was that I've, again?
1: I've definitely called a lot of the cult yeah. followers. They don't want to follow me anymore. Yeah, some of them hate follow me, you know, every once in a while I'll have one of those. Yeah, I was uh, wondering if you're going to get any
0: push. I was wondering if you're going to get pushback on the, yeah. the cold, no. uh, that tweet, I, but you didn't, we got all, all I, positive
1: feedback. I, I think that most of the people have left it alone. And also they, they'll see, you know, some randos will sometimes try to like call me out, but I think the guys who have followings, I hope they know that I'm not just going to take that shit. So hopefully they're just like, no, I don't want to mess with this mm-hmm. guy. He's going to make an example of me. And, it's not worth it. So hopefully, Probably, come. Yeah. just as much as a hassle for them to come after me, it's a hassle for me to come after them. So I think usually they back off. But yeah, I said legacy media coverage of covid The poll has been A, solid, doing their best. That got 5.1%. So-so, it's a hard subject. That got 18.1%. Poor, they're an F. That got 8.4%. And purposefully manipulative got sixty eight point four percent. But again, it's my followers, so it's, it's it, your it's, followers, right? Who, who are w- willing to even comment on this poll? Because my other followers who don't agree with that, who still believe the media, are probably like screw that guy in a stupid poll. I'm not, cont- you know, I'm not going to comment <laughs> on that. You know, so yeah, it is what it is.
0: I hear you. Though. I wish there was, a, yeah, a way you could give it what what the pill or whatever to make them shake, shake some, uh, shake them to, to to see see clearer.
1: And people have to choose for themselves, but conditions matter. Good conditions help. If you're like an alcoholic and like all your friends are like boozers and smokers and it's all around, it's hard to quit. But if you're an alcoholic and you go away to a, you know, a rehab place and everybody is sober and doing healthier stuff, it's, it's easier. Right. I mean, obviously they they don't like say, okay, go to the bar and don't drink. You know, they don't do that for obvious reasons. You, you quit, when the conditions are better it's just human nature so i want to help create some conditions that help people quit yeah i know you're doing your part no doubt <laughs> no, I no, no so. but i don't have the yeah. magic word when i start to argue with people or debate them it's not effective if anything it's, it's driving them deeper so no yeah. but um hi man you got any other uh tv any
0: other thoughts uh, so I, I, didn't, I, there is one recommendation actually there. It's called Q a mom. So it said a Q a non, Q a mom, like mom, my buddy, uh, it's on YouTube. Just click that in it's just eight minute long short. My buddy's, uh, mom got really, uh, into Q Anon uh, over this last year. And he's a filmmaker. He's had a show on, on comedy central and whatnot. And he did an eight minute short on his mom. And it's pretty, pretty, you know, it's interesting. So Q a mom, it's called on YouTube. Oh, cool. I'll check that out. I mean, yeah, Heather yeah, and I watch yeah. it. It's only eight minutes. only eight minutes. Yeah. It's a good title. Minutes, so. It's definitely a good yeah, title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So check that out. But, uh, that's all I got. What about you, Liz? Anything? Oh, Oh, you want to, I was going to say, you got some Pink Floyd to recommend, right? Ted Bell, uh, pointed oh, you to what, some, uh, I, I laughed at that, uh, that,
1: that back and forth. Right. So Ted Bell hates Pink Floyd. I don't know what's wrong with him. He's like a deranged individual. And so he, he just hates Pink Floyd. Like I hate Pearl Jam. He likes Pearl Jam. I mean, I don't know how you can like Pearl Jam better than Pink Floyd, but you know, there's no accounting for taste. So he mocks Pink <laughs> Floyd. He's just like, Oh, why don't you just drop some acid? You know, he's like, mocks them as just being these like totally drugged out idiots. And he, as his example, he tweeted. He, I guess he follows some like n- music uh, account that tweets out when like new, like remastered versions come on YouTube. And there's a new remastered version of Shine On You Crazy Diamond, like parts one through nine, or however many parts there are. <laughs> and I love that song. I love Shine On You Crazy Diamond, and the sound quality is really good. Like it was a really good remaster. It, like sounds really clear and he, while he's dunking on them i'm like oh thank you so much for seriously i'm like he's mocking me but i'm actually like seriously thanking him for giving me that version and
0: no, uh yeah, no, yeah i was laughing yeah he's like who would who would ever think of do we need yeah. nine parts of this and you're like oh yeah. thanks for the fine uh,
1: good find, yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, it's good, good I, yeah. the, the other album i've been listening to uh, start to finish is neil young harvest it's obviously a well-known album just like david bowie Sticky Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, but also very good. Neil Young Harvest, the whole album, and especially the songs at the end are like not as known and, uh, and really good. Neil Young's like old
0: man, right? Old man, look at old me man. now. Yeah, I, I, I like his that singles. That
1: song's style. all right. The singles aren't, you see, yeah. everybody listens to like David Bowie and Neil Young through like the greatest hits. And they're okay, they're good. You know, and people like them and you get sick of them, but they're good.
0: I've seen The but, Needle and the Damage done. I, I know that there's are singles, but those are really good. I, okay, all right.
1: Okay. Those are good, but some yeah. of the other ones like there's some song Alabama and a bunch of other ones okay. that are they're really good so okay all it's right. just an album you I'll can put out. on I should check out more Neil young absolutely I should yeah because I'm
0: naming. yeah everyone, so, everyone knows but.
1: so harvest is really good I've been listening to it after the gold rush is really good everyone knows this is nowhere is got a lot fewer hits but it's really good on the beach is really good all four of those albums are really good I'm probably missing some but those four I know for sure are really good and I just love now I'm gonna get a turntable I think because I, I just love playing you know, a whole album. I just—that's what I put on now. I don't put on playlists or mix or anything. I just nice. put on a whole album. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mil- like, like million Harvest.
0: People. I like well, it. And I also would absolutely want you to get a turntable too. I'm, I'm yeah. voting for that. Yeah, it's just more stuff.
1: All right, man. all right, man. Okay. Wish okay. me luck. Wish me luck in this draft. And uh, yeah, good hour. luck, man. Good yeah. luck. Uh, I hope yeah. you don't win the. If you win the whole thing here too, I'll be pissed.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll talk about that all next right. week. But uh, good times, list. All right, man. All later, man. You, later on.